This is Rockin' Vino, the podcast about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever podcasts are offered. Find the show online at rockinvino.com and on social media at rockinvino. How's it going? I am Coco. And this is Mike. And as our lovely uh, voiceover producer guy just said, this is Rockin' Vino. <laughs> He's on staff. <laughs> He's on staff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some delicious wine today and hear some fun music stories, hopefully. Yeah, as far as uh, as far as Sonoma County winemakers go, I think we shot to right up to the top on this one. <laughs> uh, very cool guest to have with us today. Uh, Dan Costa, uh, you may know him from uh, from Juan Costa Brown, but uh, now has a new venture. It is Alden Alley, and we will we'll get into all this. There's so many great stories on the way here with one Mr. Dan Costa. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, this is great to be here, Mike and, and Coco. Thank this you. Is, this for is so cool. I love it. <laughs> so, um, for people who aren't familiar, they may know Costa Brown. They may be familiar with the wines, but don't necessarily know um, your background. Uh, I guess up to to Alden Alley now. Um, how, how did it get started for you? Well, I was in the restaurant business, um, and um, I was a wine director. And I was, you know, here I think for our purposes here today, what's really important is that I got into wine really young. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I read like five years old or something. Yeah, yeah, five That's years crazy. old, and just writing um, the tasting notes in crayon. Seriously, I was like, okay, Dad, what's this DRC taste like? All right, so so I was very young, but even. Uh, Career-wise, um, I'll, I'll just jump. I think I was the wine director at John Ash when I was 24. Wow, which is really wow. young and naive, but it was it was really <laughs> it was really cool to jump into it. I mean, you know, just business-wise, I had no idea what I was doing, but wine-wise, I kind of did. And um, it was a little easier back then because in Sonoma County, for example, I mean, there was like a handful of wineries. So this 94, which to me doesn't seem like that long ago. Still, I mean, there were, I don't know the numbers, but there were a lot fewer wineries than today. So it was a little easier. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have all that stuff. So <laughs> yep. all the salespeople <laughs> would come in to see me. And it was actually quite structured and easy for a 24-year-old. But but my aspirations and, and Michael Brown's aspirations were high. And he was working at the same restaurant, John Ash and Company in Santa Rosa. And um, we just, we, we clicked because we... We loved um, the restaurant business, we loved food, we loved service, and then, mm -hmm. of course, we loved wine. And we just clicked because we, specifically because of, of Pinot Noir, we mm. love Pinot Noir. And you talk about like the small amounts of, of wineries back then, wineries producing good Pinot Noir was even smaller, right? And I, I always bring up my you know predecessors like a Daylinger or William Selliam, Rocchioli, Joe Swan, um, they 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 kind of uh, um, pioneered Pinot Noir in Sonoma County, and and for us to um, start Costa Brown in 1999, and kind of for lack of a better term, skyrocket to a, you know a, a certain point of of success, uh, and then be called pioneers was it, it was it's amazing. We were not pioneers, so maybe <laughs> maybe we were in a certain style of wine. <laughs> um, but going back to uh, our our youthful start, um, I think it's just conducive for a good conversation today because I have some uh, 
I have some good music stories that was not that's yeah. not based on the Beatles and Bob Dylan. <laughs> It's okay. It's good to go with the classics too. <laughs> yes, always, always. But um, yeah, we Michael and I both love music. We compare wine to music all the time, just as far as style. Yeah. Um, but um, short of pairing wine with uh, with music, uh, and you know, we always have music in mind. Um, it's they're very similar, extremely similar. All all the mm-hmm. arts are, you know, they have a common thread. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the parallels that the way that people describe music and wine is often so similar. They're very linear together. So it's um, it's just fun. But very much um, so, because if you have if you look at uh, varietals of wines, Pinot Noir, Cabernet, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, you know, whatever you want, um, there's jazz, there's rock, there's, there's yeah. you know, there's there's all kinds of and nothing is is better than the other. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. It's all about interpretation. Now, uh, your dad owned a wine shop. Now, did that, if that didn't, even if you didn't necessarily know the business side of things, did that just expose you to the world that it, that this existed? It just, at an early age, it just, you kind of were just immersed in it? Yeah, I think so. And I was thinking about it today, actually. I was like, you know, it, it, it gave me, um, like, permission to think of wine as, like, a real product and not as alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it was, It was even though, you know, we would have fun in high school and college by drinking too much beer, there was always a respect for wine as an art form. And so it was never really a um, alcoholic beverage. Alcohol was kind of like a byproduct. So that's what I learned with my dad um, in the store, analysis of wine, mm-hmm. because, you know, he would be doing tastings and... You know, um, we could dip our finger into his glass and taste it, or even on a Friday or Saturday, have a half ounce or an ounce of wine in our glass. But we had to tell him what we thought of the wines. And so that was (laughs) a cultivation of analysis, right? It wasn't just, well, this tastes really good grape juice. So analysis is the most important thing in wine for appreciation. And and that's what I learned from the beginning. Now, what um, drew both of you to Pinot Noir. Was there a particular Pinot Noir that you guys loved that you're like, I just... I think I think my history goes back farther than Michael's. And, and Michael is a quick learner, so it's not a competition. But, um, you know, I was drinking Burgundy um, since I was five. Those were the first wines I had was Burgundy, and they were okay. good Burgundies. Yeah. Um, so I always liked Pinot Noir. Um, Pinot Noir was starting to, I, I think, if I can speak for Michael, and I would not disagree with him on this, I think it was a, it was, it was one of the William Sellium wines, and I oh, forget yeah. what it was. I think it was an Allen Ranch, like 1994 or something like that. I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was, what, what a great inspiration to, you know, to follow mm-hmm. was, was William Sellium and, of course, Allen Ranch. Um, that what what drew us to Pinot Noir was how many bad Pinots were out there. Yeah, and, and that. But then when it's good, it's really good. Yes, and you get really rewarded. It's a lot of work, and that challenge was part of what drew us to Pinot Noir. But the reward, you know, it's like risk reward type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the benefit, I mean, you, it's just awesome. And and uh, we made some not so great wines, <laughs> and, and sometimes you just have to. You know, in order to learn what to do, you have to learn what not to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, of course, the uh, the 2009 Sonoma Coast Pinot, 
uh, Wine Spectator gave, I mean, it's the, the, their number one wine, wine of, the world. of the year. Yeah. Um, what what changes for you after that? Just as a winemaker, what, you know, owning a wine label, um, what having that accolade, what comes in the the years that follow? Can you do anything different that you couldn't well, before? Well, that's a great question. Um, but it goes back a little bit further than wine of the year. Um, it goes back to 2004, 2003, 2004, we really started getting good reviews mm-hmm. uh, from Wine Spectator specifically. And um, notably, the 2004 Kanzler Vineyard got 98 points. And I think at the time that was the highest rated wine. So this is five years before the wine of the, uh, wine of the year thing. And Michael, I remember we were sitting around a table, it was me and Michael and Chris Costello, our other partner, and we got these scores and he, he was white as a ghost. <laughs> and it wasn't like, oh, this is exciting. He was freaked out because we were, again, we just started in 99. Yeah. And we're not classically trained. So all of a sudden you're under the radar and you're doing your stuff and you're learning how to you know, cra- you know uh, hone your craft and all this stuff. And all of a sudden you're in a fishbowl. And so everything from there on out, you you this better be good, right? And uh, I think we did a good job of of consistency, and that led us to the 2009 with the the wine of the year. And I think that Wine Spectator they had our, their their eyes on us for, you know, obviously six years. And uh, um, to get the wine of the year was was really cool. And I think that's based on consistency and uh, and. And consistency, consistency for us comes from a, a commonality of passion and palate. We are very honest with what we do, even when we make mistakes. We're we're cool with it. We got those '04 and '05 wines specifically. Um, they were big ripe wines. They were like, you know, fifteen to sixteen percent <laughs> alcohol, and they were quote unquote delicious, right? But um, we got typecasted or, or, or pigeonholed into like this style of like Costa Brown is they're making waves because their, their approach to wine is so different. They're making these big extraction, extracted pinots. And we're like, well, okay, that's great and everything. We didn't really mean to do it that much, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we, we found balance and I think balance, uh, by 2009, when we got wine of the year, I think that's what we had. A, that's where we finally achieved what we had wanted to do. Of course, everything's evolutionary, right? You know, we change right. the, the Alden Alley wines that we're drinking right now. They're, they're not Costa Brown. They're different because they reflect my evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then let's uh, let's move to Alden Alley, uh, the the newest brand for you. And so, what uh, what have you been able to kind of explore um, in in these releases? I, I, well, explore is a good word because um, um, you know, getting older, your palate definitely evolves. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I wanted to do with Alden Alley was um, the I think the common thread would be. Um, through all of our wines is to find the cooler climate uh, regions. Uh, Russian River is great, uh, but it but it's and we do have a Russian River program, but it's not the coolest area, right? Um, Sonoma Coast is hard, so it's kind of like we don't you know do things because they're easy. We do things because they are hard. <laughs> was that was that John F. Kennedy? And 
And so that's kind of what we want to do with this. And we have the luxury of doing it. You know, we're not we're not scraping together nickels like we were with Costa Brown at the beginning. So we have this choice of um, discovering um, and pushing limits of the Sonoma Coast, namely. Mm-hmm. And so t- today I, I have a couple wines for you guys from Sonoma Coast. One's a, a blend and then the other is a... Uh, is a, um, a single vineyard from Sunchase Vineyard, uh, which is actually Petaluma Gap, which is actually kind of a, even though it's inland, it's it's a quite a cool area. So that's kind of what we wanted to do with Alden Alley is to make some, uh, the exploration, as you said, Mike, it's 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 an intellectual process, right? We take, take what we have learned and apply it uh, to do something beyond, uh, a decadent hedonistic thing (laughs) you know we've we've done that we've done that so we we want to have someone you know maybe take a sip of wine at the table and just have an interrupt conversation because the wine is the conversation that's kind of what we want we don't want it really obviously it's good in the background but we also want it to be part of the uh the main conversation absolutely same like a good song, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's 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 exactly right. Where you you hear something in the background, it's like, oh, oh, oh everyone, shut up! Right? I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And this wine that you poured for us um, is fantastic. Do you mind sharing exactly what this wine is? Yeah. So um, we do a couple uh, different approaches, and actually, the approach that we take uh, to selecting vineyards and. Um, uh, blends is is quite similar to what we did with Costa Brown, actually, even though the style might be different. Um, this is a 2017 Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir, which is a blend of several different vineyards. <laughs> Sometimes the blends are, you know, a, a lot of when you when you go to a, a winery or a, excuse me, a, a retail shop and you see something that says ah, Sonoma County on it. There's there's almost like a stigma to it, to where it's like, okay, is that the stuff that didn't make the cut? for you know the single vineyard wines mm-hmm. and this that the other it, i think in the old days that's what it used to be we call that right. declassified wines where you declassify <laughs> and you put it into a lower bottling uh-huh. Uh-huh. this is not a lower bottling it's actually just two different exercises one is making the best damn wine you can out of of of, of you know several vineyards um the vineyards kind of bounce off of each other it, it is certainly not, it is expressive of Sonoma County and Sonoma Coast, mm-hmm. but it is not necessarily expressive of a teeny tiny little four acre plot. Right. It's just trying to make the best damn wine we can. And then the single vineyard is obviously opposite. The, the approach is, is more uh, letting the vineyard speak and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> you know, just, just let it go. And, and our philosophy with all these wines um, is... Um, you know, don't, it sounds cliche. I, I don't want to say hands off because winemaking, if anyone says winemaking is hands off, I, I just don't buy it. <laughs> it's a controlled rot. All right. So you have to have your hands in it in some way. But if, if we can, with the single vineyards, go, we can identify a single vineyard and say, wow, this thing is a, it is unique um, and it is, the quality's high and it's consistently both of those things. Mm-hmm. That's why we identify a single vineyard, uh, because we want to let that single vineyard speak. Um, and if you look at uh, you know French bottlings, the vineyard is in bigger print than the producer, right on the label. 
So that's kind of what we do. We don't put all the is going to be in a bigger print. <laughs> uh, but but the, the point is, is that the vineyard speaks with our single vineyard wines. And how have you seen the perception? I mean, since you started in this, how have you seen the perception of Sonoma County wines change in that time? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the awards with Costa Brown helped elevate just the status of Sonoma County. Well, I remember one of our, our, our colleagues and uh, mentors or heroes, associate, uh, Mary Edwards. I remember um, when we got the 2004 scores that I was talking about, you know, uh, Mary said, you know, congratulations, because, you know, rather than being like, oh, I wish I could get it, you know, 98, it was, it's not that at all. It is like, Thanks for you know putting Sonoma County on the map a little bit more. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, all these golfers, right? With you can't not like Tiger Woods because you guys are all making a ton more money for because real. of Tiger Woods because he floated all the boats, right? Mm-hmm. And he got people watching golf. Mm-hmm. So to be a part of helping raise all the boats, that's that was really cool and, and an honor actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, with Alden Alley, um, you partnered with Emeril Lagasse, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emeril and his wife, um, Alden, which is the name, Alden uh-huh. Lagasse, and then Allie is my ex-wife. She's still a partner in the winery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, yeah. So, you know, I've known Emeril for a long time. I'm on his board of directors for uh, the Lagasse, uh, Emeril Lagasse Foundation. So we, we met through... Good wine, good food, and, and charity. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2012, I was able to, I was still with Costa Brown, and I was still able to uh, uh, work a little bit of a carve out to where I could do, do something on my own. And, and uh, everyone, I, you know, I'm sure we had a couple glasses of Pinot Noir and we just started talking about, <laughs> you know, making some wine together. And so, and so we did, and it's, and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, just to clarify, you know, I, we sold Costa Brown right. in 2009, we sold controlling interest and then we did it again in 2014. And then finally in 2018, um, uh, Duckhorn bought Costa Brown, and that's oh. when Michael and I were officially uh, no longer part of the company. But it's a, it was a, a nice uh, separation, and everything is great. And I hope they're doing well. I talked to them, and uh, yeah, so you know, life moves on. But it was good back then to uh, foresee that coming. We we all knew it. It's it, so to to start all Nally was kind of like. Uh, Getting back to our roots a little uh-huh. bit, small production, mm-hmm. and um, and um, just doing things, doing things that we want to do, and dealing with people that we want to deal with, and, and that's that's not not that that wasn't the case with Costa <laughs> Brown. Costa Brown was tremendous, but you know what? If you if you reach a certain level to where it's like, all right, there is no retirement. I'll keep working forever. My definition of retirement is working on my own terms. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is really cool. Nice. Excellent. Now, of course, we do. it is wine and music here yes. on, on this, uh, this fine podcast. <laughs> uh, so for you, what's, uh, what's on your playlist? What do, what do you like to hear? What's, uh, what does your uh, musical taste look like? So, Coco, I mentioned um, that we evolve right with our with our palette well i evolve with music too i mean absolutely 
I will say this, and, and some things come full circle because uh, I want to hear this from you guys too, but I'll tell you <laughs> what my first concert was. My first concert was Alabama nice. with Juice Newton opening up. <laughs> and I think I was probably like 10 years old, something like that. So I was in the country back then. And then you get into uh, junior high and high school and it's like, oh God, not, not that country crap, right? <laughs> But you know what's on my playlist? <laughs> it is uh-huh. like, it is so diverse as country. I think Patton Oswalt did a bit where he's like, yep. you know, when you get old, it's like, I don't have a problem with any music anymore. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's all good. There, there's things I listen to and there's things I don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. So I'm very open to it. And also, you know, wine and, and uh, music is, is kind of cool. Uh, the similarity is cool because if you know who's producing it, it makes it that much better. So Absolutely. I've, uh, through Costa Brown and a little bit through Alden Alley, I've had the the awesome experience, like private concerts. I, I don't know if you want to hear my Metallica story or uh, my what? Don Henley story. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Hello. I mean, it, it's, I don't want to, this is like the, uh, can we swear in this podcast? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Drop, drop those F-bombs. Do it. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't want to be the douchebag that says, well, let me tell you my experience, you know, two weeks ago and you're telling like, you know, like some dude who just got fired He's like, I don't give a shit about what you did with Metallica. So if this is our forum, then I, I can do it. But Michael yeah. and I, uh, oh, yeah. we, we got a call because uh, and wine wine's amazing. It gets you, good wine gets you places. I mean, it really is, right? It does. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, oh. I know I'm reaching for your glass right now. We're in the, we're in the COVID studio with plexiglass <laughs> are, everywhere. So, um, so Michael and I get a call from our friend, uh, Warren, and he's like the PR manager for Metallica. And of course, Metallica is like yeah. based in right next to uh, uh, Carlos Santana's studio down in San Rafael. I have a good Warren story when you're done. Oh, you know Warren? So through email. Okay. But... <laughs> so, so he says, Dan, Michael, come on down. Come on down. I think I can say this now, but he says, okay, when you come down, uh, there's going to be like six other people, but here's the deal. <laughs> You won a contest. You won a radio contest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so we go down there, and my, we don't know what to expect. So we go into, and we're like, okay, I guess we're going to meet Metallica. It's like, whatever. I don't get totally starstruck unless they play live for you. I mean. So we go in there, mean? and they meet. We They meet us. It's like a meet and greet. And we're like, oh, okay, that's great. So it was, Kirk Hammett says, so do you guys want to listen to some music? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And meanwhile, the the other six people were like contest winners. These are people with like Metallica tattoos, the oh, whole yeah. deal. And Michael and I are like winery guys. We're like, <laughs> but kind of buttoned up a little bit. So yeah, okay. So eight of us funnel into their, I'm sure you've seen it in, in video, mm-hmm. their little uh, studio. Mm-hmm. And, and we're like, well, where do we sit? And they're like, okay, you guys sit in the middle. We're going to surround you. <laughs> what? They played for 45 fucking minutes. Wow. Like blasting. <laughs> I had it, and, and this was before smartphones, so I had it on video, but I like this stupid little flip phone video. Oh, no. And I lost that. But they played for 45 minutes, and Michael and I are just 
rocking. I mean, we loved it. This is probably 15, 20 years wow. ago, 15 years ago. That's amazing. It was so cool. and it, But it's so funny because Lars came up and says, so Warren says uh, you guys are in the wine business. I said, well, our, I guess our cover's blown because we, we don't listen to like late night <laughs> You're not wearing all black. <laughs> calling in and being the 10th caller. So, <laughs> so it was blown. And, uh, you know, they're not crazy in the wine. A lot of those, several of them are sober. They but, are. but they were the, the nicest guys. They the do have their own guys. whiskey, though. That's right. Yeah, but did yeah. they drink it? No, mm. they don't. Is that James Hetfield? <laughs> uh, well, James definitely was just recently in rehab. Uh, so yeah. he does not drink like, it. Like probably for the second time? Uh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you can still be in the alcohol business and just not drink it, uh, Of right? course you can. Yeah, actually there's several winemakers uh, out there that don't drink their own goods. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. You know, I do, we did, uh, you know, um, Emerald was good friends with Sammy Hagar. So we, and yeah. you know, so we're like little private shows with um, Sammy and Kenny Chesney. We're at uh, Emerald's house in uh, Florida, and we're good friends with Jonathan Kane from Journey. Oh, yeah. So Jonathan starts playing "Don't Stop Believing" on the oh. on the grand piano, <laughs> and it's like, okay, you think that you've heard that song way too many times? Not when he plays it in front of you no. in the living room. <laughs> this is a new spin, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so it's it is really cool, and and typically there are and Don Henley, same thing. I did a event for uh, the Bridge. Uh, um, excuse me, the, uh, what is it, Green Hill? Down in Dallas. Mm. And his kids were going there, and um, it was a, a just private show. Nice. Really cool, really cool stuff. So I'm, I'm blessed, and, and music is, a, I, I play piano. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, I play better piano when I have a, a glass or two of water. <laughs> now, what song or, or type of music would you say is representative of your Pinot Noir? Uh, well, that's a, that's a hell of a question it, <laughs> because Pinot Noir is so diverse. Yeah, it, it really depends on your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I when I uh, late if I'm having a glass of Pinot Noir at ten o'clock, you know, and I'm stressed out, I put on Mozart. Nice, and, and it and it makes the that wine that much better. Mm-hmm. If I'm having it at six o'clock on a Friday, <laughs> here comes the Metallica, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I am going to, if I am going to do that, I'm serious. Maybe it's subconscious or, or maybe it's deliberate. I don't know. But if it is six o'clock and, and, and I'm in the mood for Metallica, I am definitely going for a more fuller bodied Pinot. Right? Well, that makes sense. So I mean, Or Zen. We make Zen too. So. Oh, you do? Yeah. Aldenoli yeah. makes Zen as well? Mm-hmm. Just right 100 on. cases of Limerick Lane Zen. And that would be like, that would be the yes. rock and roll. <laughs> Well, the last guest that we had on, he said that um, Cabernet Sauvignon, you would play like Metallica to like a Cabernet Sauvignon. So that makes sense for a fuller bodied Pinot that you would want like some good rock and roll. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't make Cabernet and I'm one, I'm I, just off the top of my head, I'm not sure Cabernet and Metallica is <laughs> right, right? Because it's, I'm That's wondering. That's their next album. We'll have yeah. to experiment. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what it would be, but it would probably be like Louis Armstrong or something. I don't know, just yeah. something. But Metallica wants something like, I want four glasses of this and not two sips. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what that's what gets gets you into rehab. Yeah, that's right. Now we've seen we've seen more bands and musicians getting into the wine world with their own yeah. labels or their own um, 
own brands or all different kinds of things. Have you had in, in your different travels any in musicians come up to you and say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna collaborate on this label and this wine"? Not a lot of music, right? more sports. Oh, more yeah, sports. there's a lot yeah. of yeah. sports guys, yeah. like basketball and yeah. football. Yeah. Like they're so. Well, you have wine. guys like well, Terrell Owens, and I know Danica Patrick a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. She, but she's very quite serious about her wines. Yeah. So it's not just slapping her wines or her name on a label. Um, but yeah, you have, uh, uh, I, I mean, name it. There's so many, um, but there are people like buddies of mine, like Dave Roberts and Richie Aurelia, they have Red Stitch Winery. Mm -hmm. It's outstanding, it's mm -hmm. outstanding, you know? And, and here I am, I'm partners with, you know, a celebrity chef. But um, um, it, it, there's a reason why people get into it. Uh, but you do have to delineate, I suppose. Like there's, there's a lot of people that just really do slap their, their There are. Yeah. There's a lot. But, I mean, hopefully they at least taste test it and make sure they like what's in the bottle. <laughs> it's yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's great. It's great. Sell I, it. I was, yeah. uh, I think it's, I think it's a LeBron James. Like the, a lot of the, um, he's got like a group of teammates or friends in the league. Yes. That love Napa. And they every do. year, he does. He does. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. like make their... of, But it's because of their coach. Oh, is it? Their coach is extremely into wine. He says that he's probably more into wine than he is into basketball. I forget his name. I forget the coach's name. We, we don't pay attention to Lakers. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Forget but, the but Lakers. But there are like, you know, when we do, um, like we do uh, the V Foundation events. Yeah. Right. You know, Jimmy V. And mm -hmm. that's over in Napa once a year. And I, that's um, coming to amazing. Sonoma next year, isn't it? We're doing something with, uh, okay. I think our, my buddy Stuart Bryan is uh, from Pride Mountain is uh, mm. heading something up there. So mm. yeah, stand by. I think that's 2022. But, oh, geez. Yeah. It's going to be here before you know it. That's I mean, true. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Already, we're already in March of 2021, yeah. right? But if, you, but if you look at the guys like at the V Foundation, it's like, all right, you have Coach K, who he partnered with me to, you know, we were having fun over there with uh, barrel samples and Joe Theismann and... Um, uh, uh, Robin Roberts and oh, yeah, Robin Roberts, like from Good Morning America. Yeah, well, yeah, formerly was it ESPN, right? She, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. yeah. She's good. Well, she's such a cancer survivor. I, I mean, love twice, her. I think maybe. Yes, but um, I love yeah, her. she's great. But all those guys are very much into wine. Yeah, and uh, in I know uh, Emerald in particular has done so much with uh, charity work, and I think in this area too. And have you? We, we've uh, we, uh, when I say we, you know, I remind you that we, I, I'm on the board there, and uh, we've raised over. I brought Emerald to my house in 2017, the house that burned down. Mm. Ah. It was right after the fires, right after we could get in, and uh, we brought a couple board members and. It was it was touching and and uh, not that you know I just use my house as a you know say uh, an example of what can happen. I didn't want to obviously take charity. I don't need charity, <laughs> but um, uh, since then we've raised uh, a quarter million dollars for Sonoma County. That's coming from uh, mainly from New Orleans and the Gulf Coast community. And wow. that money comes back because, you know, I think they understand that, you know, a lot of the wineries around here in Sonoma and Napa County contribute to the charities on the Gulf Coast. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like an, an, a nice trade-off, but it, it was really heartfelt when we raised that money. And, um, and then we raised uh, a lot of money for uh, a restaurant employee, employee relief fund. That's great. Yeah. That's so needed, you know? I mean, it's just it crazy. Is. And I mean, I think it's shed a light, this whole pandemic, on how important that, you know, 
that. Or fragile, how fragile it is. Fragile yeah. and important. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I mean, it's like, you know, we need these people because everybody likes to go out and eat. I mean, it's not, I mean, it is a necessity. There's some of. good news though. I mean, and here in Sonoma County, mm-hmm. I, restaurants are going, they're calling me going, look, we need employees. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm not sure if I should name names, but for sure, new projects in Sonoma County. And so yeah. I think the demands is getting there, which is good. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is. There is, I think. Did you get vaccinated? I got vaccinated. I did. Yeah. See? I got, I got the Moderna uh, just a couple of days ago, and I feel fine. Like, I didn't have any symptoms. I was definitely worried that I was going to have some symptoms, but nothing. Yeah. Just a little sore arm, but I just kept on moving it to, like, get that. Well, I felt bad that I was going to take someone older's, you know, uh, vaccination, but... I heard in Cloverdale that they were th- throwing away 200 vaccines a day. I'm like, yeah, screw that. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. I and think the more people that get vaccinated, the better. Oh, absolutely. Right? For, for everybody as a whole. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, mean, I want to rip down this plexiglass right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Throw it on the ground. Go, like, go out office space on it. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There'll just be like a purge weekend once everyone's got the vaccination where they're just like, go crazy for 48 hours. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm going to lock my doors and stay inside. <laughs> I, I thought the, the second shot would be harder than it was. Yeah. I, I just had that feeling where like something's going on inside of me, but it, I wasn't well, sick or anything. You know, I think one of the reasons why I never got it was because I have a, a healthy dose of wine flowing through my veins. For real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say that the wine helped me to not have any symptoms because it just killed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know that I'm not a carrier and, and that's all, you know, for uh, for the older relatives and friends. And uh, other than that, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump out and, and get on airplanes again. Because that's what I do. I, I do a ton of traveling to to get out there and I, I uh, definitely want to uh, get out there again. I don't know what normal is anymore, but I'd like to get back to it. Right. <laughs> so what is what is the first place you want to travel to? Want to? Yeah. I, you know, I already did travel a few weeks ago to Mexico. I went, oh, to, good. I went to Cabo with my, my, with, uh, my fiance and and uh, Richie, uh, Aurelia. And, and, and you know, it's all it's totally clean, very clean down there. Mm-hmm. And then you get tested when you come back. So I did that and then uh, we'll go out. We have an event uh, for the Lagasse Foundation uh, in the second week of April okay. in Destin, Florida. Wow. So I'll be there. And of course, Florida is like totally wide open. <laughs> oh yeah. No, there's no rules in Florida. No, there are none. So I, I, I get my second vaccination on April 2nd and I think I leave on the 5th or something like oh, that. Oh wow, so, perfect. Giddy up. <laughs> it, it, it's a 200 person event in the size of this studio. Everyone will be fine. It'll no, be it's fine. It's, it's Florida, anything goes. Exactly. Pretty much. There's a reason why we used to have a Florida story of the day. That's right. <laughs> Do you have a Florida a uh, story of the day? We used to back. Do you know that Family Guy song? You know, uh, no. Everybody from Florida is stupid. <laughs> you, you look it up. It's a, yeah, Peter Griffin. Oh, know, man. Uh, <laughs> I do love Family Guy. That is one of the best cartoons ever, or animated shows, I should say. <laughs> and it goes well with Pino. Nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, now, for people looking for Alden Alley, uh, is there a tasting room, retail? Where, where should people find you? We don't we readily. don't have a home quite yet um, because we just 
couldn't we didn't have enough wine and this that the other but i think that we will have a home i i don't want to divulge too much here but we'll have a we'll have a home in hillsburg california pretty soon but right now it's um we just released our chardonnay uh and rosé and 2017 pinot so it's actually available right now for a little while won't last long but on the website a-l-d-e-n-a-l-l-i.com aldenalley.com did we talk about this? Is this the second wine? I don't think we talked about That is about the second this. wine. So All this right. is Sunshade's food. Do we have time to? Oh, of course we do. do. It. Oh, Let's do good. It. It's happy hour. Um, <laughs> so Sunshade's is a vineyard, um, which is down in the in Pengrove, I think is the technical yeah. address. The metropolis of Pengrove. Yeah, the metropolis of Pengrove. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, I have a house in Tahoe, and, and if you've ever been to Kyber's, it's on, it's on Highway 50. And it's an actual town, but there's like two buildings. And so the sign says, welcome to Kyber's, now leaving Kyber's. <laughs> <laughs> so, that pretty much is yeah, Pengrove. So that's you, Pengrove, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is ab- above the hills uh, of Pengrove. So um, it would be, you know, on the on the uh, western side of Sonoma Mountain. Okay. And um, it's kind of near Gaps Crown, if anyone out there knows about Costa Brown and the way we had Gaps Crown and several other vineyards. Very similar. It's up on the hill. Um, and it is, um, it's in the Petaluma Gap, which is distinctive because if you, if you look at the Sonoma Coast, there's, um, you know, uh, the Petaluma Gap is kind of like the Golden Gate where there's hills all around. And when you, in the summer, you get that fog that just flows through the, you know, the, the, the path of least resistance. So like the Golden Gate, if you ever drove over the bridge, that's where the fog's coming through. That's what the Petaluma Gap is. So we get a lot of fog. It's a, like the the first area to see fog at in the in the summer at around five or six o'clock, mm-hmm. and it's the last to see it leave at like noon the next day. So very cool area. Um, and um, uh, this is yeah, we just do a couple hundred cases of this wine, and we we love it. It's Sonoma Coast is so huge, right? It's so big, so it's good that that um, that we actually uh, um, kind of carved out Petaluma Gap as an appellation because it is distinct and it's different from our Campbell Ranch, which is also Sonoma Coast, but it's way out in the mountains, at probably a thousand feet out towards Annapolis, almost towards Sea Ranch. Oh wow! So totally different style, totally different soils, but mm-hmm. the, the sun chases uh, for us is, if, if you can taste it now, it's, it's a little riper in style. It's, it's not ripe, mm-hmm. but as as compared to the Campbell Ranch, which I meant to bring today and I didn't, um, <laughs> you, you, the Campbell Ranch tends to be a little bit more savory, a little bit crunchier, like uh, red crunchy fruit, but mm-hmm. this wine is um, got a little bit more uh, lusciousness to it. It's quite delicious. So well, thank, thank you. you for sharing thank with you. us. Thank you. The seventeen. We, yeah, we're very happy with the seventeens, and they. You know, the way we make our wines, they they want a little age on them. You know, so here we are, almost four years into this, and this wine's starting to sing. Yeah. How long do you think that the Pinot Noir, these Pinot Noirs, like when would be the optimal time to open them? Well, now. Right. I mean, it's true. it is quite delicious. <laughs> no, well, it's I, I'm joking because it's not a pop and pour wine. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we will we'll tell you that it's ready because that's when we release it. True. It goes back to what we were saying about we can do we have the luxury of doing things that we want now, so we can hold wines back another year, which in a normal yeah. winery with you know uh, a CFO 
you know, breathing down your neck. <laughs> We're gonna go release this shit now, now, yeah. snap, snap. <laughs> so, so it's ready now. And if you if you're a, a type of person that likes to age the wines, mm-hmm. uh, the, this one, this seventeen. Oh yeah, it'll go another seven, ten years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Now we we have one final important task for you. Uh-oh. We do. That we ask of all guests of Rock and Vino. <laughs> All right, so our final question is, on a good day, when you come home, can be summer or winter, whatever you like, cold or hot. By the way, this is, this is an ambush, because you never, you never told me this was coming up. <laughs> well, I did tell you there was going to be a test at the end. <laughs> so on a good day, what are you drinking, what are you eating, and what are you listening to? On a good day, I'll, I'll probably... Um, Come home and have like a little cocktail. Uh-huh. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Of course. What, what's, little, what's your cocktail of Just a little, little Grey Goose and soda. That's, nice. that's just, just to take the edge off. Yep. Take mm-hmm. the edge off. Uh, then I'll either, depends on the weather, depends on what we're having for dinner, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll definitely get into uh, a glass of wine. Um, you know, as we get into spring and, and summer. Mm-hmm. You know, we make a rosé, too. Did I tell you that, Coco? Yes. So, <laughs> so. Gotta, you got to make the rosé, right? Yeah, you have, you to. have so, to. So getting into uh, spring, it's it's like, yeah, Katie, my fiance, and mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll have a bottle of rosé. And then maybe finish with a glass of, uh, of Pinot or whatever. You know, I try to drink other people's wines, for sure. <laughs> you don't want to just, we call that cellar palate. If you drink your own wines, you think that you are God. And it's like, you have to have other people's wine and, and just to keep your, your, uh, your shit together. So, um, so there's that. And then um, the music changes. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, so we like to cook. You're not allowed to say Metallica in the living room playing. No, no, this is no, this is better, Mike. This is so when I have my kids over, which is you know every other week, and uh, I'll cook. Let's say I cook some like uh, cold soba noodles, right? Or Japanese, you oh, know, yeah. stuff. Do that kind of stuff. The music has to be Japanese, and it's traditional Japanese, oh. and it drives my fucking kids nuts. <laughs> because if I have, if we start making Mexican food, dude, it's mariachi, nice. you know. So absolutely, the wine has, or the the music has to match the food. Okay, I love that. Yes. So and and again, it drives them nuts, which makes me want to do it more. But you know what? They're but they're going to remember now, it. They're going to remember gonna like it, it, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're going to remember it, and and they. Yeah, again, Korea, we like cooking Korean food, and this, so of mm-hmm. course, oh, and and just to throw them a bone with the Korean food, I'll play K-pop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get into the K-pop, man. So it just it just depends, you know. It, if Katie and I are alone, and you know we're having a feeling like we're gonna have a martini, who yeah. who would you play? Frank Sinatra, of course, right? right. Dean Martin, you yeah. know. So. Anybody from the rap There's pack. no surprises here, right? Mm-hmm. No, that, no surprises. That is the most authentic pairing we've ever gotten. We, I mean, we've asked everyone who's been in, 
and oh, no yeah. one has ever given that answer. That was the greatest bonus oh, yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun to have the kids, man, because uh, because it it started out as a lesson, like a cultural lesson, but since it bugged the shit out of them, now it's just a mission. Yes. <laughs> but they're gonna love it. They're gonna yeah. like be like, I remember when my dad used to force us. Now I love yes. it. Now that's all I do. Yeah. You know? Kind of like when I when I talk about my dad like giving us wine when I was five, I probably wasn't all crazy about it, but I'm like, yeah. wow, that was formative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you said at five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, Dan Costa, Alden Alley Wines, find them online, Alden Alley Wine or AldenAlley.com, A L L I. Uh, amazing wines. Thank you so much for bringing them in guys. and thanks for joining us. Always yeah. a pleasure, man. Thank you. Always great. We'd love to come back if I'm invited. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. All right.